Okay, welcome to Fantasy Baseball Disrupted. So, I want to talk about draft strategy, really regardless of what league you're in. Got a little case of the sniffles here. And, um, and how I've looked at my draft, how successful it's been, what rounds I've consistently hit in, not a surprise, it's you know, the higher rounds, uh, when that consistency starts to tail off and how I've adjusted because of that. I really started paying attention to my drafting, turning it into a science about, let's say, three, four years ago. And I would go back at the end of the year and, and see how I did. And, and uh, I feel like I've gotten a little bit better each year. Everyone has a lot of hits, a lot of misses. Um, my first year that I started tracking, I, I took a lot of speculative ads because I came into a league where I didn't have as many draft picks or as many higher draft picks as other people. Anyway, um, I've tracked it. And, and here's the conclusion I've come to, okay? For me, um, I'm in a 14-team league, so it's a little deeper. Um, and at the end of the year... Um, I only have on my squad or have used to trade for someone on my squad, uh, meaning I haven't dropped someone really just in the first four rounds. Um, and that, that sounds pretty bad, and I, I guess it is. Um, my fifth rounders have been okay, although last year I took Ian Happ in the fifth round. I, I thought he was going to explode. And uh, I would actually say he's a nice little, uh, I don't know if he was too hyped, but a little post-hype sleeper candidate uh, this year. But anyway, you want to find that round. So for me, it's the fifth round, okay, um, where it, it's hit or miss. I, I'm not sure, um, you know, I've, I've kept any of my fifth rounders on my team those three years. Um, and, and past that, sixth, seventh, and eighth as well. Um, you know, I, I've kept some. I've traded some. Um, they've been, they've been hits. Um, I've had some keepers, you know, there as well. So that, that was obviously those are hits. But um, you want to find that round. For me, it's the fifth on, and that's the round. Okay, when you have, I would say, less than two thirds um, consistency of keeping that player, um, that he was worth it to keep toward the end of the year. Okay, that's the threshold. Um, if it's less consistent than two-thirds, find that round, that cutoff line, and that, from that round on, for me, it's the fifth. Okay, for you, maybe it's later, but from the fifth on, okay, or whatever your round is on, that's when you start taking risks. Because, uh, and what I mean by risks are, you're not, you're not going to get a Noah Syndergaard in the, in the fifth round, but a guy like that. Okay, where he's coming off of injury, um, you know, maybe a Strasburg could, ah, no, probably not fall to a fifth round. But, you know, maybe in a 10-person 10, 10 league, um, a 10-team league, you know, maybe, maybe your round is the fourth round where your consistency of hitting starts tailing off. Maybe that's when you should start to consider in the fourth round taking a Steven Strasburg because his ceiling uh, can be very high, although it's not as high as you know it was six, seven years ago. But um, or a Syndergaard, where you pretty good idea that that they're going to be um, they're going to be on the the DL at some point. Uh, 
Um, probably more of a certainty for, you know, Steven Strasburg. So, um, you know, this is where maybe in the 8th, ninth, 10th round, you're definitely going to have Cespedes, Ioannis Cespedes, available because, I mean, he didn't even play a half year last year. I, th- I think uh, I targeted him in the 5th round last year, and I thought that was going to be a bargain because if you put together a healthy season, you know, the guy can hit 35 home runs. Um you know, even in a uh, not so great lineup last year with the Mets, he can he can put up some numbers. Um, so anyway, I wanted to run through. So yeah, so find your round where you don't consistently hit and start taking risks. Okay, uh, because you have the opportunity there um, to get high upside. Obviously, if you're taking risks, high upside, um, possibly get a a round two type talent. You know, a top 30 player at the end of the year in the fifth round or the sixth round. Um, you know, for me, uh, a Noah Syndergaard isn't going to fall to the fifth round. Um, let's see. Who could? Who could, though? Um, well, I, I don't want to do my, my work right here. I probably should have done some work uh, prior. But, you know, a George Springer, whose stock has fallen considerably, played 162 games in, in uh, 2016, uh, hasn't stolen as many bases since 2015-16. Uh, has played 140, I think, the last two years. Batted 250 or 260. He'll get 100 runs. He's in a dominant lineup. Um, but but he's a guy that might fall to... He might fall to fourth or fifth. And I might consider taking him in the fourth uh, because he's got the upside. Uh, I mean, he could potentially put a year together where, you know... He, he, he's a round two. He's a top 25 uh, player at the end of the year, ranked. Um, you know, I don't know if Gary Sanchez is going to fall to, you know, the fifth round. Uh, but if he does, that's that's where, you know, you would take him. Maybe the fourth round, something like that. Um, you know, a, a Joey Votto type where you think, okay, he might uh, he might bounce back. Um, and, and so on, okay? So... That's where you take it to offset. So rounds five through ten, maybe you got guys who can be, you know, top five round players um, if they if if everything hits right, if their development hits right. And I, I pick primarily injured guys, but you know, it could be uh, guys who are on the up. Um, I feel like you know, Yohan Moncada, you know, might go in the I don't know the tenth round maybe, um, but I feel like he could be a top four for a top 50 player, you know, if he puts everything together. Likely he's not, but I'm willing to risk in rounds, you know, 5 through 10 for me. To offset that risk, okay, what you want to do in your top four rounds, if, again, those are the rounds where you consistently hit, is is value each player, okay, your pick. Value them, look at the worst possible scenario. So whereas you're looking at the best possible scenario in rounds 5 through 10, you want to make absolutely sure that you don't miss on your top four rounds, okay, or, or whatever rounds you determined you consistently hit. Therefore, it's okay to take, let's say your, excuse me, um, a you got a sixth round pick. I mean, uh, uh, you have the sixth pick, okay, and you're looking at, Francisco Lindor, J.D. Martinez, uh, Max Scherzer, Trey Turner, Kristen Yelich. Those are all guys with single-digit average draft positions this year up to this point. 
those are all guys, in, in my opinion, with question marks. Um, injuries, development, Trey Turner hasn't put it together. Francisco Lindor doesn't have an injury history, but he's injured right now and might not be ready for opening day. You know, it could linger. J.D. Martinez obviously does. Max Scherzer, I've predicted, will have a down year. So that, that might be where you want to take worst-case scenario. Uh, worst case scenario. Kristen Yelich isn't an injury, but he had a monster second half. Can't count on that. Um, happening again. It was ridiculous. But, um, you know, you want to take maybe a Nolan Arenado. Whereas maybe you want Max Scherzer or you want J.D. Martinez, you'll settle for, an, or I'm recommending settling for Nolan Arenado, not because his, his ceiling is better than the other two people's ceiling, but because his floor is better than the other, the other player's floor. Okay, um, that's where, you know, maybe you take, if you're thinking either, I don't know, Max Scherzer, Jacob deGrom, Chris Sale, you know, maybe you take Jacob DeGrom, although he's he's threatened to go on an innings, put himself on an innings limit because he wants to be fresh for free agency. That's very interesting. But um, that aside, you want to maybe, maybe you take DeGrom, you know, instead of Price um, because Price uh, obviously has almost as dominant numbers, if not as dominant, but but doesn't have um, doesn't have the durability that Jacob DeGrom has showed. Um, or if you're looking at, you know, a Bryce Harper versus a, I don't know, a Freddie Freeman or something like that, you'll take Freddie Freeman over Bryce Harper, even though Bryce Harper can put up some silly numbers, especially um, in that um, really pretty good Phillies lineup, but also in that Philly park, you know, he might, he might be injured or he might be playing with an injury like he clearly was last year, in which case, you know, he might bat two, 240. He, I mean, he put up some really good numbers last year, but... Um, you know, he batted 240, 250. His OBP was probably not too much, uh, you know, above, uh, you know, 300. Uh, it was, but probably not too much more. So that's what you do. You take your safest, solidest, uh, that not being a word, choice in your first four rounds or whatever your, your hit rounds are, okay? Your inconsistent rounds, that's where you take your, your, um, your chances um, because chances are as we've already established, that's the criteria for calling them your inconsistent rounds, is that chances are you won't even have that player at the end of the year. He won't have been good enough to stay on your roster at the end of the year, right? So you're probably, I would say, yeah, by definition, you're probably going to not have that player um, on your roster at the end of the year anyway. So why not make the ones that you do hit on in your inconsistent rounds have higher ceilings. That way, if you hit it, there's a decent chance you're going to get um, very good value uh, for that round. Um, you see what I'm saying? So you don't want to risk um, your hit rounds, your top four rounds, because you've consistently done very well. In fact, you know, I would, most everyone does very well in the top four rounds, right? Should probably do better um, in more rounds than that. But, um, but you be, because you consistently hit, um, you don't reach on those rounds on a high-risk, high-ceiling player like a Chris Sale because you're risking more because it's more of, a, more of a hit round. The other rounds, you know, five on down through ten or whatever, um, where you could still get some decent top, top five-round talent but injured uh, players or, or just developing, you're not risking as much because history has showed that those aren't rounds where you hit. All right, so half the time, maybe, you're getting a player, you're dropping in a month or two. Um, so, so you're not risking. That's not a big risk. That uh, resource of the fifth through tenth round, whatever the rounds are for inconsistently hitting, um, it's, not a big, it's not a big resource to risk. 
Uh, so, you know, let's call those $5 rounds or whatever, okay? And the, and the first four rounds are $10 rounds. You don't want to risk 10 bucks to get something great when you will probably get something great just by taking the safe choice. You want to risk the 5 bucks, all right, because that 5 bucks, you know, is going to depreciate half the time into zero. Um, the other half of the time, maybe you hit, but it's not going to be on as high of a ceiling guy uh, unless you take some risks. Um, you know, Ioannis Cespedes in the 10th round, he might be available in the 10th round. He's definitely not going to play the whole season. not even going to start the season, but, you know, he might be a guy um, that, that you would want to... Um, that you would want to target. Now, I didn't talk about anybody in specific. Uh, I will talk about those guys, uh, guys that you should target in your inconsistent rounds um, in my next episode. Stuff Dave says. So I thought that was a great episode. I just wanted to throw in one caveat. You've described where you draft players as being the fourth round, really that cutoff between picking someone safe and taking a chance, which makes perfect sense to me since I'm in that same 14-player league, which I don't think you mentioned is a keeper league. Um, So when I convert that to sort of numbers, let's just call the first 90-ish 90, maybe 100-ish picks are your solid players that you shouldn't be taking too much of a chance on. So uh, you could be in a 10-team non-keeper league, so maybe the first nine rounds safer, and then go nuts after that. So just wanted to clarify that one thing.